Lara Tupper, and uh, I'm thrilled to be part of Talking Book. This is an excerpt from my new collection of short stories, linked short stories. The collection is called Amphibians, and it's 11 stories uh, linked by character and place sometimes. They are set in various places, uh, from Maine to California to Dubai and Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates to Japan and finally Grenada in the Caribbean. So I'm very grateful that I've had a chance to travel to many of these places, uh, not all, but many. And uh, I love to start with place when writing stories. I sink into describing a place and go from there. These stories were written over the course of 20 years. Uh, 20 years, yes. Um, and they've evolved in that time, of course. And I'll read uh, a bit from the title story, Amphibians, which is set in Maine. The collection begins and ends in Maine. And this takes place on a lake. The girl can swim far, which scares her father. She likes the immersion, her limbs easing through. While floating and watching tips of pines, it's possible to imagine she's not human at all. The water in her ears is how she hears things. Buoyancy is all she's permitted to feel. She can envision a different kind of existence, one where swimming is required to survive. At school, there's a boy who believes the girl is responsible for Jesus' death. He boasts about his father's anti-Semitic tattoo, and when he's captain, he picks her last for teams. She's interested in this boy because of his serious eyes and because he runs faster than anyone else in gym. The girl knows she's responsible for the shifts in volume and temperature in her parents' house and assumes it's the same on the lake. It's not always unpleasant. She's an experiment, a source of interest. The spotlight beams down, microscopic cells smooshed between glass slides. No one knows what she is or how she'll turn out. The girl's father yells from the dock. He's not kidding this time. She'll have to explain again the survival gene in her DNA. She won't go under. She can live where others can't because of her adaptation. It's only after she returns, heaving herself onto the dock without the use of the ladder, that she feels human again. The drips from her limbs spread out into wetness, the boards changing color because of her efforts. Her lungs are working, her shoulders ache. It's the best sensation she knows so far, this after-swim tiredness, her body used on its own accord. Her father holds out a brown towel in his good shoes. You don't have to swim so far, he says. Where's your mother? The girl doesn't answer because they both know she's at the office still. Did you hear me from out there? Is it cold? Her father likes to swim too, but he hasn't brought his suit and won't borrow someone else's speedos. She wants to say, the chill of the water, it doesn't last. Most grown-ups can only think about the smack of it, the dread. This is what it means to get older. So I'm very grateful to uh, Leapfrog Press and Can of Worms Press uh, this book will be published, is published, uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. at the same time um, and is out now from Tantor Audio, an audiobook, uh, a lovely narration by Xi Sands, 
which I'm really thrilled about. Um, I would love to read another excerpt from the collection. And this one is from a story called The Mission Bell. And it is uh, based on the lyrics to the song Hotel California by the Eagles, which I believe most of us are familiar with. Um, during my travels, I was actually um, employed as a lounge singer. <laughs> I had a, a gig as a, a resident vocalist in Hilton Hotels in Asia and um, areas in the United Arab Emirates as well. And wherever I ended up, uh, this song, Hotel California, was enormously popular. Um, it was a request situation, and people requested this song night after night after night. So I had ample opportunity to consider the lyrics to Hotel California and try to figure out what the song was about. I'm still not sure I know, but this story, The Mission Bell, was a, an attempt to uh, figure that out. So you probably do know the lyrics, but in case you don't remember, uh, it begins, of course, on a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair. <laughs> on a dark desert highway, there's Lucy walking. Just off the highway, there's a motel sign pulsing red like a lighthouse. Lucy has no plan except to get there. She'll say, my phone is dead. My Volvo is stuck three miles behind. She says this out loud to practice. There's wind from somewhere, light and persistent, though seconds ago it was just the shh-shh of Lucy's Birkenstock scraping along the shoulder. She lost her elastic hairband, or it slid up her wrist to make an angry circle on her forearm. She lets the strands blow into her eyes and wishes for Joe, though they're supposed to be done. Are they done? He's in Fresno. He speaks over her, crashes into her sentences. Once he gripped her bicep and finger dots appeared the next day, a ring of proof, thrilling. The wind dies. Her watch glows in the dark. Who wears a watch anymore? She slips it off, hears it smack against the roadside for someone else to find. She thinks there are movies that start this way. None of them end well. In the motel doorway stands a woman smoking, the ember like a firefly. There she stood in the doorway. She doesn't seem surprised to see Lucy. You're a harmless granola and your car broke down, says her once over. My car broke down, says Lucy. I need some gas. Her voice sounds far from her mouth. Already closed up shop, says the woman, but let's see what we can do. This woman can save her, Lucy decides. Her name tag says Tiffany. Her voice is Southern. She wears her hair in a high ponytail, reddish shade. She could be 40 or 25. The light inside is murky, like being underwater. Tiffany presses a finger against the front desk buzzer, calling whoever is in charge. She stubs out the half-burned cigarette on the sole of her high-heeled boot, clips off her name tag, slides it into her purse, a little ballet. Do it again, Lucy thinks. One H is empty and unlocked. Lazy ass might not bother coming down, says Tiffany. Oh, says Lucy, let me... I have to get back to my little boy, says Tiffany. She glides out again. She unlocks her truck, reverses and plows ahead, a guitar solo leaping from her speakers. Lucy sees a flash of a glittering bumper sticker. My other cars are Mercedes. Then it's just the drone of the muffler receding. So that is from The Mission Bell. 
Um, these stories uh, are about uh, adaptation, thus the title, um, adapting to new people, new places, new circumstances. Um, there's this sense, at least in my own life, that uh, being in a new place will mean that I am a different person, but uh, that never seems to be the case. <laughs> I follow myself wherever I go. Uh, but through these stories, I think I've explored that idea of adaptation and, and what it can mean um, for uh, the characters involved. Um, it was a pleasure to um, uh, think about linked stories. Uh, this is my first short story collection and uh, my first uh, attempt at, at linking stories, but it was a great joy to find uh, connections between the characters in these stories. Um, they begin and end in Maine, as mentioned, uh, where I'm from, and uh, I hope that they have found by the end some sense of home. <laughs>